G'day everyone, I'm Aiden. I'm Matt, and this is Hung Up. Yeah, so this week we're kind of responding to something my flatmate said. He was like listening to our last episode and some of our past ones, and he was like, you guys sound super analytical. Like, I feel like I'm not really hearing you talk about how much you like art and how beautiful you find it, how meaningful it is for you. So we kind of wanted to spend the next 40 minutes or so talking about, you know, what we love so much about art and and what is so important to us about it. And what art does to the soul. What does to the soul, man? I I, I feel like the soul is, is an important concept to me. Like, I find myself drawing on it a lot, even though I'm not religious or anything. Like, I just can't shake it. It's like some kind of weird spiritual hang-up that I have and I and I feel I don't know I feel attached to the idea of like saying people have souls and I have souls Hmm. like I don't know how do you feel about the soul yeah I mean we were talking about this earlier like I I I feel like it's a very useful word and it's a very meaningful word Mm. and it definitely gets at something that um that that is indescribable yeah um like I don't I'm not convinced that I have a soul, but like I could say that um, you know if an artist uh, has a really unique voice, I might consider them to have like a very strong soul, or like if you know like a totally recognizable style, um, or, or you know I even sort of ascribe or I kind of put that identity of a soul onto an item, you know like yeah, um, I think it's kind of like a it's a bit of a weeb thing to say, but like they definitely kind of have something that that gets me about the like Japanese like you know physical culture they're like this chisel was passed down from my like great grandfather and I still use it and it's like still just as sharp like I sharpened it today kind of thing like <laughs> that thing really does kind of have a soul to me like I think that's cool and and, and it, it just feels so so naturally true that I just I'm sort of compelled to believe it totally yeah I agree that's kind of where I'm at. I think that sets us up nicely for a discussion later about, you know, the, the, the things that we both get uh, out of art and the things that we're drawn to in art. This episode of Hung Up includes audio from our visit to Campbelltown Art Centre in February. Uh, we'll put links to that in the description. And you can find us on Instagram at hungup.au. So yeah, I wanted to ask you and just like give a brief history of how you got into art and, and when it started becoming a regular thing in your life. Right. So I, I had parents or I had a mom that took me to a lot of art galleries um, and, and her and her mom both like almost insisted that I take an art history course at uni, which was a, around the time that we met. Um, but it wasn't until like we really started going out to galleries that I, that I, that around that time, 2013, 2014, I think it was, yeah. that we, um, that we both, I think grew a really, uh, a, a, that we sort of developed a growing appreciation for <laughs> the gallery as a space and then yeah. contemporary art and local contemporary art as like a thing to do like just a, a thing to do on any night of the week kind yeah. of thing like yeah, yeah, yeah. as opposed to going to see a movie or a show yeah and it was like this cool like social thing as well like you could get drunk for free and you could like sit in Newtown and smoke cigarettes and talk shit and that was kind of yeah. sexy and it, also for me like I had just moved to Sydney so it was this kind of exciting way of exploring parts of the city that I had never seen before and, and it still mm. is that for me hmm. yeah for sure 
Um, yeah, and then, like, for me, it was my ex-girlfriend. I remember we were sitting in the Martini Cafe on South King Street, and she had her, like, published book of readings, like, back mm-hmm. when they still did that. It's all online now. You don't get your reader. Yeah. big, ugly reader with, like, poorly copied uh, theoretical essays in it. But uh, <laughs> she was reading an article about, like, modernism. And we started going to galleries together. And we started off going to, like, the big ones, like the ag, and, um, you know, going to the impressionists and stuff. And then eventually, yeah, we started going to galleries. And the whole contemporary art world kind of opened up to me. And I've pretty much been fascinated by it ever since. It's had this special kind of appeal when I went to the UK and and lived there for a while like the galleries was a really cool way for me to I don't know explore explore the city in this really powerful way like there was this gallery the approach gallery that was set in this kind of beautiful like bougie pub and everyone would be eating these like fucking massive beautiful roast dinners with like Yorkshire pudding and you'd walk through Mm -hmm. the pub and it smelled like beer and then you'd go up this narrow staircase and it just opened up into this just immaculate gallery like this big empty space and they gave it like you know these old wooden floors and the the shows there were always so good and the shows were given so much space and room to breathe like it was really high caliber of like mid to senior artist in what felt like a really personal private space and I remember I would like cycle there on a Sunday and I would just feel like so privileged to have this almost like religious space just off the high street that felt like it was all mine and like you know aside from the kind of beauty of just the space like architecturally then on mm. top of that, I get this like mind blowing uh, show. Um, right, right. I think like there, so there is this um, uh, like there is a bit of a sort of anti gallery movement uh, going on. Like right, like we see like people like the White Pube um, talking about like the hegemony of places like the MCA mm. or the Tate in mm. London, um, but you and I have this appreciation of sort of middle-sized, small-sized galleries Mm. that, like, Mm. really have given us, I think, like, a a place to feel, like, free and Mm. and outside of everyday life. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I I think, like, we should be aware of that kind of, like, white man, like, capitalist, like, gallery as, um, you know economic production like we should we should be wary of that stuff but i i don't think we should lose sight of how important these little spaces are to people like you and i or to like any of the people the thousands of people we've seen in galleries like over the last like yeah what eight years or something yeah i mean it's important to note that they're usually taking aim like the white pube are always punching up and they have Mm. specific grievances with um institutions you know like i i don't think they're aiming that gun at you know local artist run spaces or anything like that no yeah they're not they're not um yeah but it's funny because you know i i I haven't been to the mca since i've been back so it's probably been like four or five years i don't really have a desire to go but you know institutions can have their own you know charms as well i suppose (laughs) yeah they've they've got their own vibe i really liked i really liked the barbican in the uk like i saw a lot of cool shows there and like the white pube have just been like destroying them mostly because (laughs) of their like uh hiring practices and racism Mm. and stuff but like it hurt a little bit because that that even though the barbican was an institution in london to me which was such a hectic city like i did find a lot of kind of like peace and privacy and a lot of these similar feelings that I've had at smaller galleries. So it does hurt a little bit to see them like take it down, 
But I don't think, yeah. again, that they're taking uh, shots at, like, members of the public who have had good experiences there. They're really, you know, their critique is, is systemic. Uh, okay, let's move along. Yeah, so, like, that was kind of our history of how we got into art, and I wanted to, like, know for you, what in particular um, is it about the art experience or the gallery experience that feels unique? Why has it kept us drawn in so so tightly for so long? Yeah, so I think, like, it, it's interesting just, just thinking about this now, um, and we haven't really talked about this before, but you know, when we started going, it, we were in galleries like packed with people, like pretty much all the time. Uh, it felt like it was a Wednesday night thing, and um, the social stuff was as big as the ex the art experience stuff. Um, but these days, you and I will go sometimes just even on our own to to do that kind of thing. And I think what I have found, just speaking for myself now, is you know, like some kind of freedom in in these spaces to like just to, to like it's it's almost like a meditation like um or, or yeah i mean i used the word an escape earlier like you know a lot of the time you're being shown things from the world like um it's not always that you're seeing a show that's like about abstract shapes for example although yeah. that is fun when <laughs> when we see it yeah um you know we'll go to some political stuff but i i think just just the 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 very architecture the architectural like principles of of these kind of places and then like you know like I, I think like you could do you could train an ai to detect what a gallery looks like right like they're not all completely unique you know mm. um what i'm saying is that I, I think there's like some kind of architectural like response that that i have to to uh these spaces that just it feels like you know uh, a place of like exploration and this kind of open like gentle mm. humble kind of human experience feeling yeah um whereas like you know you're at your job or, or i'm like doing anything else in my life and it's like you, you're 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 sort of unaware of that stuff and like totally. um like i just want to like steal your line earlier which is like you know it's not a church like it's not fusty but we do feel like kind of like this sacred feeling in, in those places you 100%. know there's definitely this like change in mood right you're like mm, now yeah. i've walked into the space like for seeing it's like a it's another type of activity like where it's like yeah, playing sport or it's this it's this it's a certain type of uh mood that you're kind of put in uh which, yeah. which i really love for me it's a really like raw vulnerable if it's a good show and i always yeah. always get at like the threshold of the gallery like i open up and i get this feeling of just where were we at uh, i think it was called uh Station gallery? Is that what you're talking about? No, the one in Marrickville, I think it was like airspace projects or something like yeah, that. Yeah, airspace, yeah, airspace, that's right. Airspace, and uh, <clears throat> I kind of just came to it and it was just like funky little weird space and just like the moment that I start to see the art and see the, the gallery like, you know, ahead of me, I get this like real excitement, this freedom that I'm going to be taken into like another world and that I'm going to be mm. given the opportunity to, you know, be in this state that you're talking about. It's almost this mm. like, like, it's this calm excitement, this openness, this anticipation mm. of, you know, all these new worlds that you're about to engage with. Yeah, absolutely. So we're not art experts, like we're not curating shows and we're not writing in journals and stuff like that. But I think we, we really do uh, feel comfortable talking about art 
for one, and and secondly, we feel very comfortable in galleries. Mm. So just like following on from that, can you explain for the listeners the hung up room sheet policy? Yeah. So just to say, like we really like room sheets. We don't really have anything against room sheets. The thing we're a little bit suspicious of is I've been collecting them. Yeah, you collect them. You've got a Manila folder. It's a really nice keepsake, and we refer to them a bunch. And uh, but yeah, when we walk into a show, we like intentionally don't look at the room sheet. We don't pick it up. We don't want it. We don't want the artist's take. We don't want the gallery's take. And we don't really want yeah. to even know, you know, quote important details about the the, <laughs> the the work yet. To the point where to the point where we will refuse it if someone offers <laughs> yeah, it. To yeah, us. That's pretty funny. <laughs> like someone will be like, "Can can I interest yeah. you?" And, and you're like, "No, no, no, no!" Like hands yeah. up. It's yeah, not. Yeah, can, yeah. Can't touch it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's just about I think preserving that moment that we're talking about, which is this. Uh, you know, the white pube talk about embodied criticism. John Berger in his ways of seeing talks about like, you know, you don't need to be an expert. You just need to be a human. You know, you need, you know, if you're a human, if you know how to feel, if you know, you know, what what emotions are and you felt them and you, you're comfortable feeling them, you will understand the work. And so mm. I think we are trying to like take away that analytical stuff, take away, you know, a bit of the context and just, you know, trust ourselves first. And yeah. then after we've done that first kind of cycle, then we'll pick up a room sheet or maybe we'll chat to someone who's at the gallery and get that extra level of detail, which, you know, at that point, I think is really rewarding and valuable. Yeah, we, we see things twice, uh, especially if they're, they're very resonant for us. You know, we see them in these two different lights. Yeah, so I think, like, no doubt galleries can be intimidating. Contemporary art is difficult. Like, that doesn't even need to be said. But mm. I think we've kind of chatted about, like, a few different types of expertise or skill that's involved in seeing art and being in galleries. Mm. Um, I think the first one that most people get exposed to and, like, unfortunately get hung up on is the kind of academic art historical skills. Um, mm. uh, and then the second one, which I think is more interesting and more valuable is a sensitivity to materials and how things are made, you know, what, what the history of those materials, like, you know, having that knowledge is, is really powerful. And then the third mm -hmm. one is what we've been talking about, which is this recept receptivity and comfort to being in the spaces and for that, for that state, um, you know, mm -hmm. that, you know, uh, what, what would you call it? Like openness to that experience of art. Um, I think between the two of us, uh, on that second one, like in terms of sensitivity to materials, you're definitely like a lot further down that rabbit hole than me. Mm, and, yeah. and maybe you could just talk on, you know, what that stuff means for you. Yeah, sure. When I'm looking at a work and like I can I can sort of see how the artist has made it, I think like I, I really feel connected to the conception of the work and like most of the works that we've seen, and we've, we've probably been to like, I don't know, whatever, 100 galleries, 300 galleries, don't know how to put a number on it, but you know, 90% of them sort of were conceived outside of the gallery and then moved in, you know? And then I think having some kind of um, knowledge of like materials and processes uh, has really like brought me this kind of um, very close connection to a lot of the works that I've seen. Um, so, for example, like we were at the um, the Embroiderers Guild to tape an early episode of this, and I just got so much out of uh, 
digging the the fabrics and the textiles mm. that were at play and and i think for some of the more historical stuff we kind of lost you like it felt like a museum totally um and like you, you, get, you get pretty slippery in museums but i'm like you know and like look i don't i don't love like boring stuff in museums i'm, I'm cool i swear <laughs> but you know i i um i really i really do get a lot out of this sense of like this was made by a human it's just it's so compelling to me and that for me is one of those like those like indescribable soul things that like you know i can't really say that like this person has a soul this person doesn't have a soul but like i just i you know i, I feel like for sure about it when i see something mm. like beautiful made by yeah. human hands yeah it's just so cool you know and then and then like to extend that further like you know i i also am interested in and i can't explain why i'm interested in like industrial processes and industrial plastics and stuff like for every work that we see that's not like an ancient art form, you know, mm. I just, I get so much enjoyment out of like knowing the industrial story behind yeah. the things at play too. Yeah. It's really powerful. And I, and I really like admire and dig. And I remember that show, like I was almost playing like catch up. I was like, Hmm, okay. This is, this is pretty cool. Like this piece <laughs> of historical lace. All right. I see a little bit of what you see. Um, yeah. but I think it's important, like, you know, and, and those are three like, pillars of, of what you could call like skills in, in digging art. And I'm sure there's mm -hmm. a, a plenty more, but mm -hmm. people are always going to have like slightly different levels of, of, you know, capacity just because of how they're built. Right. They're going to sure. be more yeah. drawn to the materials or they're going to be more drawn to the concept or maybe that some are going to be more drawn to the history and maybe the artists themselves. Uh, yeah. And that's just, that's just part of it. But I think, um, you know, I think early when I was seeing art, I was kind of, afraid or I found the material stuff difficult to grasp mm. and so I kind of diminished it I was like mm. you know I was super into conceptual stuff and now I find a lot of um, beauty and meaning in attending to the materials not mm. as deeply as you but I think like as I kind of you know looked at that fear and examined maybe why why I was running away from that part of the work um, yeah. you know and and got more comfortable and grappled with that the work's mm and different types of works kind of became more open to me. So yeah, yeah, I think you you don't want to sell yourself short if you have a, like, if you're naturally drawn to a, a kind of certain way of seeing, it's worth definitely exploring why and, and maybe, you know, why the other, why the other parts or, or what, what you still have to get out of those other kind of aspects of, of seeing. For sure. And I think like just to bring it back to the room sheet thing, like, you know, we see people in galleries like feeling uncomfortable and like it's an odd space. Like, you know, in a pub, you've got like a place to stand, you've got a drink to hold, you've mm. got a seat to sit on. Like, you know, at, in a library, there's books or whatever. At a rock show, there's like a band that's like really holding your attention. But mm -hmm. in a gallery, it's all up to you. And yeah. I think, you know, when we see um, people like using room sheets as like a crutch, as like a sort of prop almost mm. to mm. like, just to like lubri socially lubricate yeah. and like to make them feel comfortable. You know, yeah. it, it really, I think reiterates to us that like this, this way of just interacting with the work on your own human terms, mm -hmm. it's just such a, it, it is kind of a brave thing to do. You know, yeah. if you're a nervous person, like you feel like you need something to hang on to, like it, it sort of acts like a shield in that way. But what we're saying is that like, you know, there's this really beautiful like world of vulnerable experience that like 
um, that we've gotten out of uh, ignoring that first round of, totally. of room sheet totally. mediated art. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Really well put. And I just wanted to say one thing that came to mind with the room sheet. Have you felt like sometimes the room sheet is illuminating in a really nice way? And you're like, mm. huh, cool. Like, that's a mm. great detail. That really ties my understanding of this work together um, yeah. in, a, in a profound way. And then other times the artist statement is like fluffy and pretentious and it makes you like the work less. Or you mentioned Absolutely. earlier, like, the gallery's propaganda, like, maybe yeah. the curator or the vibe of the show or the yeah. intentions of the gallery, they really want to impose, like, their will on the show. Mm. And then mm. that can be annoying as well. So, like, yeah, the room yeah. sheet has a lot of, um, yeah, interesting interesting baggage. It's almost like you could do a whole show on it because it really is... Yeah, that's it's, true. It's yeah. so funny that it's such a, like... Um, Oh, it can be. I I'm, I know shows that have like experimented with the room sheet, but it's mm. almost it's so um, like declarative and like stuffy in comparison to like the breadth of experience. You know, it has the prices and the titles and everything's yeah. given yeah, yeah. like That's the same true. standing. Um, yeah. But yeah, not to knock it. Mm. Like I think it that they can be very valuable, and I I wouldn't leave a show without picking up the room sheet and thumbing through it later. And I have room sheets in my room and and i like um i like them as like mementos and, and memories yeah absolutely and they're, yeah. They're, they're great things yeah most of the time the room sheets all we can afford to take home from the gallery <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> if not like you know a tote or something <laughs> and the other thing is like you know sometimes like we've gone to see a show especially like the bigger shows and the galleries like a place like um art gallery of new south wales they're like they're not just like a gallery you know they're also like they're mm. kind of at the behest of some they're, they're sort of they feel the pressure of some kind of like governmental like touristy like yeah. representing australia kind of stuff and they like dumb the heck out of the 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 little plaques next to the uh the works you know yeah. and we we like several times in that we're like well that that was a stupid reading like why yeah. you know like what a, like what a, what a narrow-minded reading like you know and we i think we got we got so uh we we were well placed to be like in that show because you know that stuff just like like didn't phase us you know we, we weren't like colored you know we, our, our opinions weren't colored by their like kind of dumb like broad stroke like yeah sort of undergrad readings <laughs> yeah cool and then I guess let's say a little something about the kind of textbook stuff like I think now the kind of trend is to be quite critical of art history especially like western art history and mm. and say like you don't need to know about it and I and I think that is true and that is cool and you know, I think some of my experiences like studying art at uni were really dry. Like I did an art history unit and I remember being like, you know, in a room full of people who liked this really specific thing that I liked. And the mm. tutor was obsessed with like admin and like really just the driest <laughs> parts of art. Like, and it was just, it just, I just felt like there was this beautiful opportunity being wasted like to be in mm. a room of like young Australian art interested people and we yeah, were damn. doing all the first skill like we were just being academics mm. and I was yeah. like oh damn this sucks like um, yeah. like that being said um, like it's cool to say like you don't need to know art history but I think like some of our abilities and skills and comfort with art definitely have been built up on a more traditional academic understanding of art, even though between us we've only done, you know, a handful of units, like undergrad yeah, units. Sure. But yeah. I think that stuff has, has um, you know, even you were saying before about, like, you know, getting the references. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that stuff snuck up on us, you know. Like, we started out going 
socially and like casually to these things and like today we're like taping episodes like almost mm. every week about mm. Mm. art you know about sydney art in particular so like we're we feel invested and we feel very energetic about you know art locally um but you know i think what like we would say if like by any chance there's someone out there listening that like doesn't actually you know go to galleries which which may not even be true like but you know what we're saying really is like just just going and like being like feeling open in those spaces is is enough to like potentially spark your interest and then you know start you down a path of like yeah. eventually really getting so much out of these things that that like we're trying to we're trying to convey that to you today <laughs> totally and i think like one point on the way you frame that it's like maybe in the past there was like this really pres prescriptive path that you had to take to like mm. have expertise in seeing art but now it's mm. like so much more like it's exploded like you can learn things from completely different cultures completely different times uh, you yeah. can pull in all sorts of things from outside of the art world, all these mm. things from your lived experience, and you can kind of stitch it together piecemeal into this, you know, um, personal uh, network of, of ways that you relate to art, like, you know, not, not really distinct from the rest of your life and have this really profound um, hobby or interest or whatever. Um, mm. But, yeah, you can really, like, self-direct that now. Whereas I yeah. think back in the day there was, you know traditions that you were you know expected to study in a in a very formal way boring pretty boring pretty boring yeah okay let's move on okay cool um yeah so i just wanted to like jump off this discussion of like how we've come to be comfortable with art and, and how you know how important it is to us with this really beautiful day we had like about a year ago i just kind of come back from the uk and we were wanting to get out of the inner west and we saw campbelltown art center had a show on and we'd never been there so we like drove there and i remember it was like a stinking hot day and we were like listening to fucking stereo lab or something in your car and just like chatting and talking a bunch of shit and then we get to the to the uh gallery and it was just like a beautiful big building and I remember there was a big like 100 meter run up from like the car park to the front door <laughs> and there was this big like three-tiered like seating structure thing where you have your lunch or whatever and you would like climb to the top and there's just this really funny photo you got of me like marching like into battle like into the yeah. exhibition <laughs> and you got yeah. this photo of me from like a nice high perspective yeah. and uh, it was a really great show for a couple of reasons um but I just wanted to talk a little bit about, like, just from the show's website, because it had this um, really interesting, like, history. It was kind of like a retrospective of mm. um, uh, the legacy of this uh, Western Sydney uni. So I'll just read the first two paragraphs from the website. It goes, In times of alarmingly dis diminishing art school options in the tertiary and higher education systems, Space YZ, curated by Daniel Moody Cunningham, draws inspiration from the visual arts legacy of Western Sydney University, formerly known as University of Western Sydney. And it goes on, from the first graduating class in 1986 to the final cohort, as the curtain closed in 2009, the art school was a pioneering hub for experimentation and risk-taking across a broad variety of media. So this show was um, just a big kind of, um, yeah, collection of work produced by students, um, you know, across that time. It felt like such a exciting uh, 
it felt like such an exciting young people art show to be at. Yeah. Um, and I think part of what made it exciting was that there were some failures in there, you know, and, and each success or failure really set us up like in a moment of suspense uh, for the next one. Like, will it, will it rock or is it going to suck? Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, there were some great works in it. We'll get in, we'll get into some particular works. Um, I remembered feeling like even just like in the entrance, reading that description of the university, like a, an actual pang of like sorrow, in the in the sort of what did they say when the curtain finally closed in 2009 it really got me i was like damn what are all these beautiful young artists gonna do now without this yeah (laughs) without this uh yeah so that was you know that was a a good case of like you know the the room sheet setting us up i think in a nice way for sure yeah it's a very it's a very cool space and i guess something should be said about it being in the west and and in campbelltown Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. you know the state of of what's happening with the kind of big inner sydney unis now like yeah. SEA getting squashed into UCID and stuff. and mm. um, But yeah, it, it definitely the like historical tethering, like people talk about like cultural cringe or like the yeah, Sydney art scene being small. So I find it quite exciting to be tied to like a history uh, in this country and in this place. So we talked about the day, we talked about like me fucking marching into the, the threshold of Campbelltown art space. Mm-hmm. Now, like, I want to get into some of the works because, you know, not only was the whole day beautiful, but it really was a good expression of what we've been talking about, about like, you know, the gallery as, you know, a profound place and a special place and a fun place. Mm-hmm. And we picked out a few works that like we really dug. And um, why don't you go ahead and talk about the first one? Um, the first one is called Kitty Kitty by Anna Boros. Um, it is a like large-ish. It is a painting of a cat um, in resplendent, like kind of occulty Egyptian uniform. And I, I think we can actually play some audio of our like first reaction to it. Yeah, that's oh, true. Yeah, we're like full of stuff. Whoa, this cat with lipstick on it. <laughs> wow, Anna Boros. Yeah, these kind of washed out old school looking colors. Yeah. And the cat has like the mouth or the lips of a woman. (laughs) Yeah, it has like teeth, (laughs) like human teeth. Yeah. (laughs) And it's like sort of like gives her this like puckered, uncanny, like frozen in time. Yeah. And also this kind of like caught out, like caught naked. Um, And the. the like the, the the lipstick in particular on the cat and its teeth really like tickled us and yeah i think like um something about the like the the fun and the joy of this painting like um in 2006 when it was painted like you could totally have used a very cutting edge sense of the word random um to describe it i think that was just it was so fun for us and we we spent a good like 20 minutes in front of it like describing it and like resonating with it and just vibing with this like really fun thing and then on the website um the artist has got just a really cool like recollection of the time that they had at this uni um at at, like space yz Mm. um i'll just like read a little bit from it it's like the parties and the music my singing performances helped me helped light up z block teachers just wanted us to be happy and express ourselves sometimes i would buy a bucket of ice cream and cones when z block would get really hot in the summer and got the workers like myself to help themselves so cool so fucking cool i'm just reading down the bottom of her bio she's like 
How far I've come. Besides being a capable and dedicated artist, I'm also having fun being the occasional gamer using a gaming laptop. <laughs> For wow, me, it's cool. amusing, but we never know where we'll end up. I'm 62 now, and I occasionally help out some Instagrammers to build sophisticated builds in Minecraft. Wow. Amazing. This is the wow. life. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and like... You got got to go check out the um, documentation for the site. We'll leave all the links in the post and in the show notes. But this was just like, there's something hilarious about this work. Like, I don't know if you already said, but like, it's just so funny and fun. And it's got these kind of like uh, washed out, like traditional looking colors, something about it. Like there's this clash of like the absurdity of the cat with like, the mm. like symbols of of what the cat is wearing <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's hilarious yeah for sure yeah it was it, it was a really fun and, and like engaging piece yeah i mean there's got to be something to be said like when our artwork makes you laugh like that's the best oh for sure yeah it's it's like th- there really is no wit like humor yeah 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 it's the best so cool it's really fun i love this flare around that black hole there's also like a an ionian column without the capital all right cool um one of my favorite works from the show was called volitional bus by kusum normoil and i've kind of been following kusum for a while i saw her perform at verge gallery like way back in the day and i think she makes a whole bunch of different types of work but um oh this is cool i'm just looking at her profile on the website it says like grad show 2008 grad ceremony didn't go (laughs) Um, (laughs) and this work was like uh, I think there was a few videos but the one that I remember us standing in front of for the longest was um Kusum like on a median strip with like a microphone and like a little amp or or Mm. maybe something more complex than that like kind of wailing and screaming and shouting as like the cars whiz by like in the evening and I don't know, it's a, it's a very, like, cool intersection between, like, performance and video art and, like, noise music and, like, you know, when, when I saw her perform, I was just wild, you know, like, com- mm. complete chaos. Um, <laughs> that's cool. Okay, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah. like, doing screamo moves. Yeah. It's just a yeah. microphone and a busking amp. Big time screamo moves, and you can't see their face. Yeah, you can see her absolutely hollering into that microphone. Hard to say where she is. It looks like she's in the city somewhere. There's like big, yeah. like you know, art gallery yeah, exhibition yeah, yeah, flags yeah. going. Yeah. Kind of oh, makes you like shot. hungry for the noise when it's like you know yeah, this thing is so loud. Oh, the and police it's, like, have come. has this like kind of wry smile. Yeah. Like, she's like looking at them like, cool, and, I'm and done. Like, wrapping you know, up the yeah, she's yeah. wrapping up the mic. <laughs> yeah, with the red and blue police light flashes. Cool. cool. She's like, I did it. Like so. <laughs> Yeah. And I think so cool. that was like a really cool moment that, you know, like some of the process that we've done. And I kind of just realized now, I mean, we've talked about it a little bit in early episodes that making this podcast and like having to engage in, in ways, um, you know, re-engage with works and ex- like think about them for an audience has kind of like added another element of that kind of expertise. Like, you know, mm. it, it's kind of allowed us and given us the opportunity to dig back into things like this. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I, we're we're really like paying this stuff like all of its like due attention and then some. Like for sure, for sure. Yeah. 
Um, we loved this work. We 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 were we were wrapped and wrapped watching it. Like I think we we saw the whole thing loop through at least once, which is yeah. like kind of rare for us and video yeah, works. Yeah, we were. That's exactly what we were. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. on the list, we actually have another video work, which is kind of funny because video work can be tricky sometimes. But uh, I'm gonna let you describe this one. I just want to talk about like the way the work was set up. So it was like as if you were in like an artist's share house like lounge room and on one end was like an old TV with the work on it and you sat on like a big squashy comfy couch. I remember it had this like big fat arm and you were like it's perfect for like sitting a beer on like you could put <laughs> your beer on it and it like wouldn't fall over. <laughs> it was um, a beautiful squishy couch like an mm. actual like we've talked a little bit about uncomfortable gallery seatings and like arty looking chairs but this was like <laughs> something out of like your auntie's like yeah. living room it was yeah. so comfortable dude i mean this is like a pretty special moment for me because it's the realization of something that i've like literally been crying about for a decade <laughs> which is why are the fucking like couches in galleries to watch video art, yeah. artworks so like austere and yeah, uncomfortable yeah totally they make you sort of perch with all your muscles and pants. everyone crowds around them yeah it's totally too scary yeah. to sit on yeah them. true yeah no this, this is just a really a good shit so comfy ass couch yeah it's so good <laughs> it feels like it like has you a could put bed in it you could put a beer on this <laughs> yeah, chair the arms oh, are massive really, yeah. there was like art, art books like strewn around the work like you're really like taken into like the lounge room thing which I think yeah. is super cool because like yeah um, you know, a lot of the media we watch, like we don't even think about like the nice setups that we've curated in our houses yeah, to like, totally, watch yeah. TV. Like we've really made it comfortable and personal and like yeah. you get all tucked up and you get your snacks and your beer or whatever. But yeah. then like when you're in the gallery trying to like watch the video, like it's so far from that comfort. For sure, yeah. So it's really hard to enjoy it, but yeah, this yeah. this work was was definitely aware of that. So that's the setup. It's 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 a sofa and a TV. Uh, the TV's on some milk crates, and it was in like the kind of like uh, the bare like stud framework of 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 a, of a house. Yes, yes, exactly. And then, do you want to talk about the actual work? And so the 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 playing on on that TV is this kind of like uh, it felt like about an hour or a long a long sort of half an hour of um, like just cut up and like vapor waved out. Uh, ads taking their normal place as breaks, ad breaks from um, an episode of Neighbors, which <laughs> itself had just been completely vibed out and like washed out. All these like edits and cuts and like sort of like replacements. It, it was like, a, a, it was really a, um, a kind of a, a digital collage of itself. Like watching telly. Watching neighbors. Okay, so, but it's like, yeah, watching neighbors from the 80s. But it's, it's all like chopped and screwed. Like, it's like heaps oh, and heaps man. of Those characters cuts. are still alive. Really? They're still going? Well, yeah, I mean, I know that guy on the right. Yeah. I think his name is Carl. Yeah. But I know him as like a much older man. Okay, you know, yeah. From when I watched That's this so show. That's where Scott and Charlene are from, from the band. They're from Neighbours? Those are characters, and... Uh, oh, Scott and Charlene. Scott and Charlene are characters from this show. <laughs> cool. And the fucking uh, the main guy, the singer, was saying he was, like, in my family, or he felt, like, in Australia, that that was, like, the royal wedding. Oh, like, that's that wedding. so cool. <laughs> that's beautiful. All of the dialogue has been snapped out. This is so good. They're, like... They're, like, flying through the plot with oh just expressions and... and yeah, I don't know if I'm remembering correctly, but I think maybe all of the dialogue had been cut out. 
Yes, like, that's right. So, it was yeah, just so like they, they didn't have any dialogue through. in. That's right. Yeah. So they yeah. were absolutely rocketing through the plot. And then, yeah. and then like, you know, there'd be these huge jump cuts because like yeah. there was like five minutes of dialogue and then like yeah. all of a sudden yeah. everyone's downstairs again <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. And, yeah. It had a really profound effect. Like, and it was funny and it was wild and it was fun. And it was kind of like preempting, like, I guess, modern, like chaotic media consumption, but also mm. did really like fun and cool investigations of like sitcom narrative because you were mm. just getting like the longing glances and like <laughs> those you know the moments where the camera like really hangs to let you feel yeah. like the emotion of like a walkout or a breakup or True, yeah y- you know and then it really exposed all of that that overacting that goes yeah, on <laughs> yeah and uh i just want to say one thing that he has on the list he goes it seemed to strike a chord with people because it has a timestamp. That timestamp is frozen pop culture re-edited, a trigger for a memory in being and time. Mm. And, like, for me, I did used to watch Neighbours a bunch with my mom, and it was so funny to see, because, you know, I guess one of the the really funny Australian historical kind of um, things about, like, Neighbours and Home and Away is that the same actors, the same characters are on the show fucking forever. So I'm seeing, like, these guys and these women that I know as old men, as, like, much younger people. And that was just, like, a trip. (laughs) Yeah, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was it was a, such a cool work and and to see it from this like squishy comfortable sofa with yeah. like it had kind of like student accoutrement like scattered around it had like an yeah. art school reader yeah and like yeah all the milk crates i forget what else we might have a picture of it somewhere yeah um yeah that that was a real that was a real like absolute banger of a, of a of a work we, we walked away being like we were like shook and we were so hyped up by the experience after that it was. It was such a yeah. It was such so cool. It's really nice to relive it. And um, yeah, I guess like there's a bunch of other works that we found interesting. Some that we thought were just less interesting. Like you were kind of talking about it. Like there were plenty of like failures and like you know definitely like naive work or work that felt like it was kind of cliche or out of mm. art school, which is mm. good and fine and and definitely cool to see in the context of this show. Yeah. And then like we went out and we like I I can't remember the vibe. We had this like like pleasant walk through the garden or something they have like a really nice garden there for some yeah. reason yeah we were all we were all excited like a couple of schoolboys, and mm. and they have this um a very beautiful like garden at the back like a very sort of gorgeous like koi pond and yeah little like sitting places and viewing mm. holes and stuff mm. and we walked around i think i snapped a few photos and yeah. then by then we were like hungry enough to uh leave and we went to probably one of our favorite um restaurant chains in sydney which is el jana <laughs> in yeah. campbelltown there and um do you want to like just talk us through I, actually let me just say like uh, the the one thing that i remember about that is that um so i've got an el jana up the road here in newtown but yeah the first thing that i noticed when the food came out was that all the servings were bigger yes dude it's way better bar. it's way better yeah, so like el jana so is cool because like i came back to sydney and like everyone was like hyped on it and like we had it a few times together and it was great but yeah. like, yeah, the one in Campbelltown, like it's it's on another level. Like they're definitely yeah. shortchanging you in Newtown, like no doubt, right? For sure, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, that was such a beautiful meal. I should a... get some tonight, dude. <laughs> Not kidding. <laughs> dude, I've been. Uh, I, did you see my dinner last night? I got this whole chicken and I brined it in um, pickle juice, like oh, pickled yum. chili juice, pickled brine, and then I've dude, just yes. been like 
I was going to roast it, but I've wanted like little piece of chicken. So I've just been like carving up, like carve off the breast or carve off like the thigh and just Yum. like fry it up or roast it. But it's just been sitting in the pickle brine for like a day. Really nice. Why didn't you tell me about the pickle brine? The that pickle changed brine everything. Bro. Changes everything. I basically everything, ignored man. your photo, but I would have I would have given it some more. That's okay. Attention. It's fine. <laughs> you know, I was only mildly heartbroken. I think I sent you like four food pictures that day, so I yeah, get it's it. true. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. I don't expect a, busy a response guy, for everyone. Busy. I, I wouldn't have minded at least like a thumbs up react. You know. <laughs> oh, well, um, El Jana is closed now anyway, so I guess it's uh, yeah something else for dinner tonight. <laughs> Um, Shall we uh, move on? Yeah, let's move on. Uh, stick around for Artist of the Week. up artist of the week is kazuya yoshino um i first came across her at a um show just like on the corner right down the road from my house at a place called the corner shop which is this really beautiful little show that we'll do a little piece on later on i think i've been planning a little um segment about it awesome um but it's basically a little corner sh- it used to be a corner shop and it's like a it's a family home and a gallery they say but what's unique about it is that it's all visible from the street so there's no interior of the gallery um Otis, the lovely young guy that runs it, is um, very carefully choosing photographers, generally photographers, to show in the windows there. And it's just such a cool little um, focus for the Newtown kind of area. Mm. And and I I always see, I, I can basically see it from my house if I poke my head out the window. And I always see people walking their dog, like stopping, you know, unlikely looking people stopping to look at what's going on. Uh, so I'm, I'm always there just ch- checking out what's up. And um, this show, after, after um, you know, I'd been living here for like a year, this one really like really pulled at me to the point where I started bringing people back to show them this, this work. Yeah. Um, I, think I, I, think I, I think I dragged about three or four people past the windows here um, yeah, before, awesome. it, before the uh, gallery closed. Um, the show was called Before She Dies, and it was a, re- a series of like really beautiful, intimate uh, portraits of uh, the artist's grandmother, um, uh, presumably like you know in the sort of twilight years of her life. Um, and it's it's and it's a picture of this sort of fun and like even like silly woman, like and I don't really want to say silly in like a diminutive sense, like this kind of light-hearted. Um, warm soul let's say um, there was a picture I, it's, it's, I'm not seeing it on the website here but there was this beautiful picture of like food being prepared you know uh, so it wasn't all just the the, the grandmother um, and there was like you know a snowy day like they're out in the snow and like yeah man so th- seven or eight maybe 12 like biggish black and white photos on the one side of the gallery it's kind of on a corner so there's two sides and then on the other side there was this series of very sweet um family snaps like just little six by four um uh like family moments in color 
Uh, and I think the one that, that I, I remember the best is uh, this cute little baby getting its nose pinched by a pair of chopsticks, <laughs> like the arm reaching in so from cool. outside of the frame. And yeah, just what a what an absolutely lovely show, and 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 like so focused in its in its scope, and just yeah. like totally potent imagery, like just real like red hot images that 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 to this day I'm still like I'm, I'm really loving looking at them. Like this artist just has such a cool way of seeing things that that it's it's one of those things that make good photographers so special. Like they really do like pick out these little splinters of, of real mm. life and, and mm. put them in, in a really witty way to you. Yeah. Um, and and, and I, that's so much of what I got from this show. Yeah, fantastic, man. That was lovely. Yeah, it's, it's such a cool thing. I was just thinking, like, yeah, you took me there and it's such a nice... Um, well, it's like public art, quote-unquote, like, done right, you know? Mm, yeah, yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, that, that gallery fucking rocks. I love it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Awesome, man. Well, I think that that does us, yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, do you know what? No one's cancelled this week, so they got off. They got off easy. <laughs> I don't think we should say that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Because like you're safe people, for now. People are cancelled this week, but we just like couldn't find them. <laughs> Dude, it's funny that we. It's it. It would be funny <laughs> if no one in the whole world was cancelled this week <laughs> because we didn't do a segment. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, that's it for this week. Um, thanks so much for listening. Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, be sure to check us out on Instagram. We've got all the artists and shows that we talked about uh, in the show notes and in the post that I'll do. Uh, anything else? No. See you later, man. Enjoy your dinner. Yeah, will do. All right, talk to you later. Good night. Bye.